a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dobek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian, Dietitian Collab. Twenty twenty three, baby. Twenty twenty three. How is your New Year going, my friend? Oh, so good. So yes. excited for this year. I know. Me too. I know your big trip is coming up so soon. Oh, like getting. Are you ready? Never. No. No. Never ready for that. How long are you going? Just like a week. Oh my gosh, Italy. Gosh. Have you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, so you're just going back to Italy. Just going back. But my husband's never been, so he's really excited for that. Oh, that's great. What yeah. part are you going to? Rome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Well, my friends, I'm wondering how it's going out there in 2023 for you as well. Are you doing well? Are you refocused on your goals? Have you made resolutions? Do you ever make resolutions? Do you keep them? Have you achieved them and you don't need to this year? So many different possibilities. Do you have a resolution this year? Heck yeah, always. Oh yeah. I feel um, like you we, have a resolution every month. <laughs> I want every minute of every day. Yeah. I'm resolving <laughs> She's to live this one. Resolving. I'm resolving to live this one precious life that I have to the very best of its ability. That's a great. Twenty twenty three is going to be a very exciting year for me. Really I love exciting. That. I know. Lots of very exciting things to come. So please, please, please stay tuned. Mm. But yes, yeah, really great things. I hope that you guys are all just looking forward to it. And I hope that you have been enjoying our last, our four of four part series here on medical weight loss on these anti-obesity medications. So exciting. It is. It's such like an ex- to me, I think that's what's so cool about it. It's like this exciting, again, it's not brand new, but it's become like it's in the it's it's in the ethos right now. Like it's big right now. Totally big. So, you know, I think it's a really great like compliment and yeah, with bariatric surgery. I think it just is like it's stun- stunning. I think so too. And do you want to refresh everyone's medica- everyone's memory for who even qualifies for these medications? Yes. So if you are BMI of 27 to 29.9 and you have a qualifying comorbidity such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, assorted diabetes is a big one, those kinds of things. Or if you have a BMI over 30 without a related comorbidity or with one, and if you are a weight loss surgery patient, you yes. would qualify for them. Totally. So some of you finally have been waiting for this one because we're going to talk a lot about today about, all right, I qualify. I want it. I need it. I'm ready to take this big step. It's for some of you, you've already had surgery. Some of you, you haven't. This is um, asking for help and you want to be able to receive the help. So in medicine, there are physicians and there are advanced practitioners like physician's assistants, nurse practitioners, and there are types of specialists who specialize in the treatment of obesity. And they're called bariatricians. I'm one of them. I spend most of my practice, um, if not all of it really at this point, on bariatric surgery. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of these obesity clinics out there um, that do it. How many bariatricians are there out there? Do you know? So this is interesting. So there's the American Board of Obesity Medicine. It's called the ABOM examination. And right now you become a diplomat in it. And so it's not like its own board certification, okay. if you will. So for board certifications, like you do a residency for it. It's it. like required to do a certain number of hours of training under like this apprenticeship type of a model and learning from mentors who are like attending levels. Right. Well, at this point, there has been – it's actually kind of interesting um, – um, when you go to the ABOM um, site, at first there was um, – let's see here. I want to look this up. Um, there was 
gosh, you know, like a few hundred that would take this okay. exam every year. And then all of a sudden it went ballistic because we are still kind of grandfathered into it. So, um, you know, it's like, why certify? So it says obesity is the most prevalent chronic disease in our society, yet many physicians are not trained in how to manage it, which is what this whole podcast is yeah. about. The American Board of Obesity Medicine certifies that physicians looking to bridge this gap. And it just, and that's, and that's like, again, why I decided to take it, that I wanted to um, really just understand more about these meds so that I felt like I could safely prescribe them and not be intimidated intimidated by it. And I'll yeah. be honest, I just think as a, a physician, I'm a medical doctor, when people ask me questions about them, um, I was embarrassed. I was like a little bit intimidated to be like, oh, I don't prescribe those. I just was using some ignorant old school kind of outdated, um, really just not use, even using evidence-based thinking on them. Yeah. And, and I wasn't prescribing them. So I didn't go there. But to answer your question, um, I think that there are, um, I think, like, like a few thousand okay. a year now that um, that go for this whole so thing. So it could be like a primary care doctor who's done, like, this certification in. Absolutely. In, in so it. so that's, um, that's one of the big things is that, okay, you um, – you're – trying to find a provider that mm -hmm. does this. And so, again, you can Google it. And sometimes there are primary care providers that that's a big part of their practice, but they're not, like, specifically, like, on the door. They do many things. They right. do high blood pressure and your sleep apnea and, and your knee pain and everything yeah. in between. They're, like, a general practitioner of, of that sort of thing. But sometimes there are clinics that are dedicated to it. And that's really kind of um, – it's hard to find them. Unfortunately, okay. even though there's – a lot of people who do it, like myself, I still primarily just practice surgery. Right. And um, I know my gynecologist, she has it. Okay. Shout out to Dr. Andrika Hinton in Baltimore, Maryland, because she has the A-bomb certification. I'm like, more power to you, girlfriend. Do you still go I back to Baltimore for your... You know what? This is, this is a serious problem for me, actually. <laughs> I know. I like trust no one. Like, what's my problem? <laughs> I know. I need, I need to establish care here. Uh, help me. Tell me a good gynecologist in the area. Yeah, we need to do that offline. We'll, we'll talk about me and my gynecological issues <laughs> as we somehow constantly publicly discuss here as well. <laughs> so now the thing is, all right, so you finally find a, a provider and you need to be able to have the evaluation. Again, looking very thoroughly, listen to episode one of this four-part series of, okay, what medications are you on? Are you on ones that are causing you to gain weight? If so, let's change it to something more weight neutral or losing weight. What medical history do you have? For example, one we didn't really talk about is um, the thyroid. And oh, yeah. that is um, a condition which can cause, um, you know, hypothyroid, low thyroid, it impacts your metabolism. You need to make sure that you have your thyroid checked as part of this evaluation to know that, okay, let me get on that medication. Even your vitamin levels, vitamin B12, in bariatric surgery world, even though normal is like 250 to a 1100 or so, we want your B12 to be greater than 500, for example. There's like a whole host of different labs, nutritional labs, mineral mm -hmm. labs, um, lipid panels, um, looking at your cholesterol, and just having like a baseline picture of your health, your com complete metabolic profile, your CMP, your complete blood count, your CBC. Are you anemic? Like, are you, what's your baseline? Yeah. You know, like what's going on there? The biggest one, and the one that is often not ordered, 
which is this is like going to be the the most important little tidbit I think we're going to give on this episode, is your insulin level. Yes. So your insulin level um, is something that uh, you can look to see if you have insulin resistance. So you would essentially like normal fasting, by the way, don't eat or drink before these labs and your provider, whoever orders them, we need to do our disclaimer, um, (laughs) will say, you know, how exactly to get these levels done. But normal fasting insulin levels range between about 5 and 15 but um, they can sometimes they'll say normal is needs to be like lower than 12. So, all right, that's normal. That's great. So what you consider to be hyperinsulinemia, higher High levels insulin. of circulating insulin. So therefore, it's considered to be associated with insulin resistance, therefore, is um, a level of 30 and above. Okay. So if let's say, so in other words, okay, you're having this whole evaluation. I want to see if I'm a diabetic. I want to see if I have insulin resistance. Traditionally, you'll get a hemoglobin A1C. And if that's above six, that's when you're into the insulin resistance, 6.5. Okay. Now you're like a diabetic and need to be on medication. Right. If you have a fasting blood sugar level that's higher than, I think it's like 105 or something, then they start to kind of look into this. Insulin levels are as a way of saying that, um, you know, that you probably have um, an issue where you need to have a medication to treat it. And this is a way that can diagnose you kind of a, a more a novel way, maybe. I don't know if it's novel or not, but it's, I mean, endocrinologists often use it, but for your provider to see if you need to be on these um, injectable medications um, that specifically will decrease your blood sugar levels. And your, decrease your insulin levels too, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's going to decrease your insulin levels by making just the pancreas more effective with the beta cell life and, and how like the insulin comes out. So your body's not going to be churning out too many things as well. So essentially, like when your body digests highly processed, high carbohydrate foods very quickly, it'll cause your blood sugar level to spike. This puts a lot of extra stress on your pancreas to produce a lot more insulin, which over time is what leads to the insulin resistance. And so that can be measured by these extra high levels of insulin in your circulation because your body's just constantly like, all right, come on. Like I got to keep revving this up. I'm just churning and churning and churning your insulin. So that would be the best way for you to be able to see um, if I should have these medications prescribed for me. And now really quickly do our disclaimer. Remember, this is not medical advice. It's not intended to replace medical advice. We are just giving you information about these medications and always, always see your own practitioner. Find a new one if if you need to. And in case of an emergency, call 911. Exactly. Now, also a little disclaimer or a little um, a little tip here. We would love you to subscribe on our drxdietitian.com to our episode guides. And what we're going to do is we're going to create an episode guide that we're, this is sort of like the summary, the conclusion of this four-part yes. series here. I'm going to really want to make sure that we make sure our listeners know exactly what they need to know. So we're going to talk about the types of medications. So episode two is about pills. 
episode three was about those injectable medications. And we want to really break it down, simplify it for you, make it a little fun, inject a little personality into this bad boy about the pharmacokinetics and how do these things actually work? Where do they work? That's what part the of the body? most fun topic I could ever think of. Oh my gosh, yes. Some of you are going to be like, you know what? I'm going to run, not walk. I'm going to run to get my medical degree. I'm going to go, I'm going yeah. to get my registered dietitian's license. Like this sounds like a really fun Pharmacokinetics, thing. y'all. Bachelor's of Science coming your way. This is what you what you learn about. We're going to talk about how they work, where they work, why they work, when to start them, what are the indications, who qualifies, what's first line, the dosing of these. A lot of these things, as we've talked about, is you, whether it be pills or these injectables, the side effects can be eh, kind of tough. And so you don't want to just go for the full dose. You want to see like, how do I do at a lower dose? Can I stay on a lower dose and it still be effective? And how do I try to minimize the risk of these side effects, yeah. especially the GI types of side effects, the gastrointestinal distress, the nausea, the fullness, the the, the um, slowing of the gastric emptying, the slowing of the transit or the motility as well. And that goes into the side effects. And yeah. we talk a lot about those things with the, um, the medications that are like fentramine and just what to expect. Yeah. And how you gave some great tips on episode two about, are you going to dry mouth? Do this. If you have constipation, again, we're going to have a whole episode um, on constipation. I actually think we should combine it into the triple P's. P, poop, and periods. All right. We'll do it. Let's do it? Okay. Let's do it. All right. And then we talk about, like, how long you should stay on these medications. And that's a big question. Like, this is working. This is life-changing. I don't want to get off of it. Um, And then it's like... But how do I feel about having to take a medication for life? Yeah. And I think that's another place where it's, you know, again, we've talked in the last episode about how a lot of this stuff is pretty new and emerging. And there's some thought that some people might titrate off of these medications or some people that might need them for longer term. Like that is all still, you know, coming in and we're we're always learning more about those things. So. I think that's going to be something super interesting as well. Exactly. And um, I do think that a lot of these, you got to look at it like, again, obesity is a disease. It is a chronic disease. It is a lifelong disease that you're going to have a daily kind of struggle yeah. with. I mean, every day you have to to deal with this condition, that this this the hand that you've been dealt and how right. do you deal with that? And I think that um, you got to look at it as such. And so like if you have high blood pressure, and you take a pill for that, sometimes you take a pill for high blood pressure to the end of your life. life. And that's something that, I mean, there's still constantly clinical trials and constantly, but I do think that these medications can all within the properly selected patient and all those good things actually be safely taken and stayed on for the rest of your life. So it's just, okay, again, how do we navigate insurance? And I'm going to tell you guys a few tips here momentarily. And then again, we talked a lot, especially about this during the pill episode, about when do you decide that you need to increase the dose, have another medication, or just change the whole thing altogether. It's not working or having side effects. It's just, you know, kind of not worth it. So we're going to talk about all of that. So um, let's see here. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about um, the insurance coverage of these medications and how you can really navigate that. Um, The best way, it might sound very strange and lame, is actually to go to the drug manufacturer website. Yeah, they're super useful websites, I will say. They are, and they have a lot of uh, consumer 
uh-huh. or patient information out there. There's a lot of information for providers, some like dosing guides. Yeah, and- if you're a provider, I'll, I would say definitely check out that like for providers only section. Exactly. If you're listening to this. Yeah. I always look at those. Or or somebody adjacent to a provider, like a dietitian or somebody who works, you know, we're not actually prescribing the medications, but um, getting that information can be really helpful. Exactly. Exactly. So you can just simply Google like ways to gain coverage for Wagovi. It'll take you directly to its semaglutide, its Nova Nordisk. It takes you directly to their once weekly Wagovi um, injection uh, website, which once you get to that whole five months of titrating up, you'll be at that maximum dose of 2.4. But just some of you here, um, it says, I have, they give you great scenarios. They really make it easy for you. I love this. Um, I have employer covered and or private insurance. So my employers decide prescription benefits for their employees. So if your company, let's say you work for um, Disney, for example, or you work for um, Florida Blue, believe it or not, those or Lockheed Martin, those companies actually have opted into anti-obesity medication coverage, for example. That's awesome. Yes, but unfortunately, there's a lot of companies <laughs> yeah, that they're don't. they're the minority. They're the minority. So if your company's plan does not include medicines to treat obesity, don't fret, my friends. You go to this website and you can submit a request for coverage with the help of your healthcare provider. So that is something that I'm very passionate about is increasing access to care, but to, of course, surgical intervention. Mm-hmm. I'm always pounding the pavement and talking to the payers and these employers, and I'm happy to talk on that behalf. But also in the medication piece, you can print out a sample letter that you will write a note on your own letterhead, essentially um, advocating on your own behalf that you'll take this to your own benefits or human resources manager. They're the ones that decide what is covered, what is not covered. They go and they kind of, it's like they they bid it out to like the Cigna's, Aetna's, United's, um, the Blues of the world. And they say, okay, here is um, I my employees together, especially if there's a bunch of you that are like, we need to team up together, yeah. especially if you're in a union. My goodness. You go together and you say, we want this. And then as your employer, if they want to retain you and that becomes a a benefit, it's a benefit of working for that position, you want them to have an opt-in to that coverage. You aim up together, you you join forces, and you actually... you go to them and then they will they will shop around for the ones that say, okay, how much would it cost for me to opt into that sort of thing? Yeah. And there's like a million things that they do, um, which is really interesting. I actually wrote a um, a letter for um to um for the state employees of Florida. Oh yeah. Um just describing why I wanted to basically you can like lobby even yeah. um and say like this should be covered. Doctor X dietitian takes Tallahassee, oh. takes Washington. I mean, in my free time, that's what I do do. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going all over. And then I'm going to Jacksonville to Florida Blue on my way back around. Okay. And, you know, I'm just going to make my rounds. Yeah. I am. Now, if you have Medicare coverage, which Medicare is typically for our um, older population, greater than 65 years of age, or if you are disabled, you may have Medicare coverage. Unfortunately, Medicare does not cover medicines for obesity. Wild. Totally wild. Um, there are some plans for retirees that might, and um, you can always check with your administrator, such as Medicare Advantage plans. So okay. there might be some of those. If you work for the VA, the government, TRICARE coverage, Medicaid. Each state varies, so you can just pick your state here and figure it out. If you're an, a government employee with health benefits, you check to see what your city, state, or federal worker um, will ask uh, to do as well. 
So um, you definitely want to go there. Um, they have lots of terms. So this is also really important for surgery too. So there is benefits verification process. Mm -hmm. So I can speak to it too well um, with the <laughs> surgery, but if you're interested in surgery, for example, the same thing for medications, we would first make sure you have, we would verify that you have the benefit to right. do this. And then with surgery, for example, you would complete all of the requirements. Even did you know medications, um, some employers or um, payers, they actually require six months of health coaching Oh wow! Before I hadn't heard that. that they will approve Wagovi, for example. Oh. Interesting. I know. So there are some like providers that are obtaining their official health coach license. Which, how do you feel about that? Like as a dietitian that's already done this training and a year beyond. And... Yeah. I mean, I I think it's great for people to expand what they know and what they do, and if it provides a higher level of quality of care for those people. I think it's fine. You know, I know we have, uh, I know some advanced practitioners that have that in a, alongside their advanced practice, you know, license and all of that. And I think it just gives kind of some balance to it, maybe. Because I there's also like levels, you know, I think there's different health coach certifications. Like there's yeah. like the legit one. And then there's that takes like, like a year. Like it's mm. not as far as I understand, it's, it's like a big commitment. It's okay. not like a weekend course that you do at the Hilton, you know, that's three sounds hours. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great. But, but like, it's like you know, it's not legit. <laughs> yeah. It's the same people who like are like, oh, I'm a nutritionist. And like, hmm, please tell me what that means. Oh, gosh. You know, I know. I so know. I think it, to me, I think there's kind of that there's but then, you know, there's people who are maybe masters or Ph.D. level in nutrition, but they're not a registered dietitian. Like they're still credible because they have that train, you know, like, so I think yes. there's, you have to kind of look at that nuance of like That's with true. health coaching or something like that. I know. I, like I've said millions of times, I've always been obsessed with the GI tract, the gastrointestinal oh, yeah. tract, the digestive system. Obviously it was at my kid's school. If you guys follow me on Instagram, <laughs> Dr. Dovek, and I taught them how food becomes poop. And I just, I really did fall in love with it in college. So I did get my nutrition bachelor's of science right. degree, but um, I'm not a registered dietitian. So she's a DR, not an RD. Oh, yeah, I am a DR, not an RD. Mm -hmm. Never thought of that way. But that's why we make a great combination. You fill yes. in my blanks, definitely. Now, there's also other lingo, like what are the common coverage terms? So there's like prior authorizations. Oh. And so these are things that for surgery, for example, we would compile all of your documents and all of the different things that you've done, the psyche valves, et cetera. And then we would submit those on your behalf to say that, yes, it's not a guarantee of payment, but it's essentially that, okay, you're going, you've fulfilled all these things and you're going to be approved for it. And the medications can also do these prior auths for meds. But a lot of times these are kind of largely fruitless things. If you don't yeah. have the benefit, step one is if you don't have the benefit, there's no, I mean, I can be persuasive and I love a good, like, let me go peer to peer with these medical directors of these insurance companies. Like I will like. She's like a bulldog. I am. I won't back down. I will be like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready to get off the phone. At some point, it's actually even more than a bulldog. I'm just like, I'll outlast, outwit, outsurvive them. You know, <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm just going to keep marching forward yeah. here for this, for the surgical coverage. But with the medical coverage, it's more, it's just, it's kind of cut and dry and it's a little bit unfortunate, mm -hmm. which is why I know that it can be a little bit frustrating for all of, you know, all you out there who 
again, want, deserve, need, and just can't get it between the supply and demand issues and also between the finding the right provider for you that you really vibe well with and that you are going to have great effective results and has a comprehensive program and lots of supportive resources, Mm -hmm. which we'll briefly touch on as well. And then also being able to afford the medications and have insurance coverage. I mean, there are a lot of barriers. There are so many barriers to this. It's crazy. And, you know, it's just it also just goes back to people not understanding it. And it, it is expensive medications and they are all currently just name brand and they are all patented and all of that kind of stuff, too. So you're running into those kinds of issues like insurers are not going to want to pay for this. No. And so they're just they're not going to make it easier for you. And that's the worst is, you know, if you see like Instagram or TikTok where they're like doctors that are sending in prescriptions and they get a note back from the like <laughs> reviewer at the pharmacy and they're like, no, thank you. I wrote this prescription because I want this person to be on this medication. Like, they're not just writing it like just for the heck of it. They're like, oh, you know what? I hadn't thought of that other medicine. My training didn't put me there, pharmacy tech. Like, you know. Ugh, I know. It's not really their fault. They're just doing their job. But like, oh, my gosh, just that. It's just, just so frustrating when you get to that point. But You know, I think the other thing that you'll find on these websites is going to be that information about things like, and I know you were looking at Wigovi, but, you know, I'm sure that all the other ones are going to have a similar pathway that you can go down. It's also going to talk to you about their, like, coupons. And so the coupons are Mm. going to be, they'll say who qualifies for them. You know, if you have coverage or if you don't have coverage, but you have insurance or you don't have insurance or X, Y, Z, like, it'll explain all of that on there. And then you can get them, um, you know, at a discount, but it's another place that you so like I know Manjara is like $25 a month I think Wagobi is the same um, they have a coupon or they, they did had, they don't well, they, have it anymore now, please that got them there it exploded so much that yeah. there's no coupon available oh anymore. my gosh so you know those types of things may come back in the future because you'll see them on other medications too um but looking at those and then again that's another place you have to advocate for yourself because sometimes you'll take that to the pharmacy and they'll put it in and then they'll say, oh, no, it didn't go. And it's like, well, no, then you need to call the insurance. You need to call and resolve this. Like you have to, you are, you can't really be the middleman in some of these situations. Like you can't write a prior authorization on your own behalf. Like no. it has to come from, from somebody, but like pushing for it and, and really getting them to make those phone calls, call your insurance company, have them call your insurance company, you know, look at, look at where you're getting the medications, like threaten to go to another pharmacy and see what happens. Like, uh, sometimes that can really kick them in the butt a little bit. Exactly. And, you know, it's just so crazy. There are advocacy groups, for example, there's something called the Obesity Action Coalition, Mm -hmm. which is obesityaction.org. And, it's um you know it's this it's this place where they can help you both with surgical coverage with medical coverage education and support learning about obesity um you know lots of different links and um things like that um they can try to help you if you're highly motivated to try to like again go lobby yourself and go go, go yeah. knock down the door of your own employee benefits they have a lot of these toolkits and support and letters and all that but I almost feel like who ain't got nobody got time for this. Right. And it's the truth. Yeah. And and when you don't know what you need to do, you know, and it's it they don't make it easy. No. It's very intentionally a lot of layers and a lot of different things. So 
Exactly. So we need to make it easy. And I think that's something that the way I deliver medicine, I'm super, uh, super passionate about is like making it as frictionless as possible that I offer virtual care appointments. I mean, again, we're all nobody got time for this stuff. It's like we're all really busy. And like, how do you offer people the care that they want the way that they want it when they want it? And and that's something that um, hopefully we'll all together be able to like, you know, rise everybody up to be able to get the same experience, which mm-hmm. we've talked about at length, and the the quality of care and the access to care to all of these things that they need. And that's really what we want you to do. We just want to provide you with tools. So we're going to have um, a lot of these like templates. We'll put them on our website as well so that you can certainly use these things and, um, you know, be able to fight for your own thing, understanding access to care, yeah. understanding the treatments available, understanding weight bias, going to your state agencies. There's actually state obesity fact sheets, for example. And here we are coming live from Orlando, Florida here. Um, Florida ranks 42nd in states impacted by obesity. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, 42 out of 50. That's that's not bad. Um, 35% of Floridians are normal weight. 28% of adults in Florida have obesity. And 35% over, are overweight. So when you look at those numbers there, it's 60, 65% roughly yeah. are either overweight or obese in the state of Florida. Yeah. 65%. And you know what's crazy? The Florida um, uh, like healthcare um, plan doesn't cover. Oh, I know. You know, the open market, marketplace insurance. We got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Um, the total cost of obesity in the United States is $1.7 trillion, my friend. Crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's almost 10% of the total gross domestic product is attributed to obesity. Wow. So I don't understand. There's just so much. It's just so exhausting. But we must be able we must be able to overtake all of this stuff. So there's lots of good information out there. Some of it is like useful, some of it's boring. Some of it is um just staggeringly shocking. Yeah. Some of it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. You know? I feel a little bit intimidated and overwhelmed, but that is why we're doing this is about awareness, is about breaking down the stigma mm-hmm. around this, that this is a disease, and how do we help you to get what you need? Right. For and sure. on that note, I'm going to swing us a little off from that topic of yes. insurance and coverage and all that, which is very important. It's super individualized, though, based on your plan and all of that. So again, we just recommend being your own advocate. But something that comes along with taking these medications is going to be that other piece of the pie, that lifestyle intervention. And we've kind of touched on this in the other episodes. So I just want to go into a little bit more about, you know, what does it look like when you're on these types of medications? Yeah. um, So that's so important is this whole kind of all-encompassing type of a thing in the program. I mean, you'd be the best one to answer that. Yeah, so it's like that holistic look at what you're doing. So we add in the medication and, you know, you're not feeling the hunger, you're feeling like the satiety, you're not having those cravings, you're, you know, just like all of that. So sometimes, you know, we want to make sure, A, that you are still eating Mm because this happens the same, very similar with post-bariatric surgeons, you know, patients. They are just like, I just don't, I'm never hungry, so I just don't eat. Mm. And I think hunger tends to, on its own, get a bad rap. Hunger is not bad. Um, It's just a natural, like, 
human process to be hungry when when you want food. And so I think that it gets a bad rap. So when we decrease it, sometimes it's like, well, I'm just not feeling hungry, so I'm not going to eat. And so that's where it sometimes, and it it hurts me a little to say it, but sometimes we have to eat when we're not hungry and we have to override that because we know we need to still get in nourishment. We still need to get in our protein. We want to make sure, even with weight loss, we want to make sure we're protecting our muscle mass and getting in that protein. Um, We want to get in our vitamins and minerals. We want to get in our fiber because, you know, talk about constipation, like let's get some fiber in, let's get some fluid in, you know, so making sure that you're still continuing with that. But I think what these will give you the opportunity to do is to decrease that noise in your head that wants maybe the less desirable options. Maybe it's the higher sugar, higher carb kind of foods or the snacky type of foods or just things that are, you know, maybe not what your original plan was. So I think that, you know, we mentioned like the pouch resets or resetting the diet. And I think that's kind of what it does is it's not that we reset to you're just drinking protein shakes for a week or something like that, but it resets you back to those basics of the first you know, a couple months after surgery where you're really dialed into that that restriction and you're dialed into having just gone through all your education. So Yeah, no, I think all of that is so critically important. Again, if you think that you're gonna do any therapy of any type on an island by itself, it's not gonna work. Right. And so you have to look at all of that in terms of the um <laughs> the support and those sorts of things. But you also, yeah, you have to Look at every aspect of your life. Yeah. It, and so then another one that comes into that would be exercise. So yes. getting movement in, you know, exercise is a great um, partner. And this is why you always hear it with diet, a diet and exercise, diet and exercise, like just two together. The diet is going to push the weight loss. The exercise is going to push the weight maintenance. It's going to help to build, keep that muscle. It's going to help to keep your metabolism going. Um, and so in the long term, you know, getting in that daily movement. And with exercise, it doesn't have to be the gym. It can be simple as going for a walk. You can do Zumba classes. You can do, you know, YouTube videos. You can do synchronized swimming. Like, mm, whatever brings you joy. really, really random there. I know. Well, you know, people like things. Maybe you like to roller skate. Um, maybe you like to hula hoop. Like, there's just so many different things that are movement. And so whatever it is that brings you joy and will fit into your lifestyle is the best kind of movement. And even if you're starting with five, ten minutes at a time, get that movement in. Um, because that's going to be helpful. And then another one, and I know we're going to talk on all these things. I know we always say this. We're going to do an episode on this. We're going to do an episode on this. I know. And we we will. We'll get there. We're only two of us, and we will get there. But sleep. (sighs) Um, And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with stress. Those two tend to, like, really interplay with each other. But those are two areas of, like, the lifestyle management holistic view of this thing that – great, we've put this medication in place and it's kind of helped with some of these other things. So now I can take the energy and focus on improving all these other lifestyle behaviors. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to do like an episode on like, self-care and what does that look like? And I mean, I would love to know what what that looks like for you. Like, like how do you unwind? baby. Okay. (laughs) I'm a loungy kind of gal. Oh my gosh, I know. Like, she loves her cats, everybody. I do love my cats. She's so cute. I would be like, oh, Hannah has a new story. Oh my God, it's, it's her cat. It's her cat again. <laughs> always- oh, Han- oh, Hannah and the cat. I'm, so- I'm by myself a lot, okay? Oh my I work gosh. from home and there's two cats there. So. I know. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> They're there's- entertaining. There's her bu- buddies there, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things here yeah. about 
how to do it, how to make sure that you are looking at your whole body, like you said, holistically. Yeah. Every aspect of it. And we're going to, this podcast, we're going to hit on it. And we would love to hear from you. We want to know what topics are important to you. And Mm -hmm. we want to know what guests are important to you as well. And, um, you know. That's another one, just to touch on it while we're talking about this. Therapy, working with mental health professionals. That's another really big important one that you might not think of if you're struggling with like a plateau or a regain or something like that. But like, let's pull back and let's look at that mental health space and see, is it impacted or is weight loss impacted my mental health? And, you know, there's just so much that goes into that. Yeah, we too. need to have, um, I want to get Laura Grebo on this. I know you do. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. You my are. bariatric therapist on Instagram. Yeah. We'll see if she truly does and she claims she does. But so she yeah, has to wait right. to the very bitter end of this um, of this <laughs> podcast to series. see the four-part yeah. series to see if she, we got her. I'm like, oh, somewhere along there, there's like a little hidden gem. Well, there mm-hmm. it was. She's fantastic. She is fantastic. I just think she gets it. And I think that's what you need, somebody that just gets it. Yeah. I think we get it. I think so. I totally do. And not only that, but guess what? The rest of the country is too. USA Today published um, on December 4th, just last month, that um, there's a lot of thought about these weight loss treatments. We talked a lot about the meds. I mean, it's the cover of USA Today. And um, they're saying that these new medications can reduce weight up to 20%. We know that. Of course, providers caution on some of the risks. We're already covering that. But here's the thing that's just staggering. They estimate the weight loss medication field alone could generate $50 billion in 2030. Wow. Hmm. That's insane. So, I, know. I mean, if it's generating that and then there's like a $1.3 trillion deficit, does that count again? Like, does that help it? Does that help the deficit? Hmm. It's too deep for me right now. I don't understand. It's global. late at night, my friends. Yeah. It's almost 9 p.m. Oh we're gosh. still talking. We're a little bit. We're getting a little bit loopy. I don't even yeah. know what we're saying right now. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, um, no, I love it. But no, there's a lot of things, and I think that um, I hope that you guys really just have enjoyed this yeah. and have a lot of tips. And we want to hear from you. We want to stay connected to you. We want to know um, if you still have questions and all of that. And Hopefully 2023 will bring us, you know, you never know what Just kind of programs we're going to have and so much, new things. So new many good things. So exciting. Totally. All right. Well, as always, find us at drxdietitian.com or on Instagram at drxdietitian. And we'll see you next week. See you guys. Happy 2023 again. <laughs>